Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Today we are running the second installment of our Reviewing the Reviewer series, where we ask various Blister reviewers questions about their backgrounds and their gear preferences to give you a more complete picture of the people behind our reviews. And since we like to rank and review things around here, we also score each of our reviewers' answers to come up with a review grade for each of them. And today, unfortunately, it's my turn. And this is entirely because Sam Shaheen was adamant that I had to go next. Honestly, I didn't really understand initially why Sam was so insistent about this, but the closer the day came to recording this conversation in Blister HQ, the more sense it started to make. Anyway, in this episode, you're going to be hearing more about my life, which includes being charged by a bear, nearly burning my house down, teaching philosophy, my favorite gear in the world, and of course, the things that I'm better at than Sam Shaheen. And we are also putting up a video of this conversation on our website and on our YouTube channel. So if you want to watch Sam Shaheen in full payback mode or watch Lou Kappa putting up his dukes to fight bears, go check that out. We also posted this week a video of my conversation with Jay Ski's founder, Jason Leventhal. So you might also want to go take a look at that one too. All right, I think I've stalled long enough. Here we go. Part two of our, I think, going to be flagship series on Gear 30, <laughs> reviewing the reviewer, right? Definitely. And we have the, the reviewer everyone wants to hear about, Jonathan Ellsworth. How are you doing today? Uh, first of all, I'm not sure this is true. And this was definitely not my idea to go next in our series. I thought we were going to do the Sam was up next and Sam protested enough that uh, it's my turn apparently, but um, I'm doing okay. We are going to be dropping our bigger than ever buyer's guide very shortly here. And mostly what this means is that Luke and I, uh, things have been intense. And so in past years, I it would probably be accurate to say that like we would both be on death's door right now. I would not describe that as my, it's better than being on death's door. Luke, however, did actually literally just like five minutes ago say that he thought he was dying. <laughs> so I'm not sure. I don't think it's correlated. If there's any doctors sure. out there, yeah. Luke might have a I health I can hear condition. my yeah. heartbeat in my ear. I don't know <laughs> if that's good or bad. Probably not good. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's always an intense project and an intense time of uh, an intense time of year. I think Luke calls this blisters hell week or hell month or whatever. But uh, you know, but it's good and and we like how this one's coming together. So mm -hmm. so it's all good. Well, that's good to hear. I'm, I'm glad at least that that um, I I'm not dying. I feel, yeah. I feel <laughs> we <fine>. know where <laughs> <Right>. where <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Sam Sam's just doing great. <laughs> Uh, anyway, should we start asking some questions? I guess we should. Um, do you want to start off with a random review? Uh, great question. Um, I have something for you to live review if you want to. To live review? Yeah. Oh, oh, this is exciting. <laughs> yeah. It's a piece of cheese. Oh, you were telling me about this. Oh, is this one of those baby it's bell? Baby bell. Baby, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very curious to hear. The most fun part about this cheese for me is is the interactive, yeah, the experience of eating it. That's really the only thing that makes it stand out. <laughs> is this what you were just? Do you talk about? So this my on your? issue is people think are, it's... some people. Some of my friends think cheese curds are weird, and as someone who's from Wisconsin, I do not think they're weird and they're delicious. But those same people eat Baby Bell cheese, which is essentially a cheese curd that's packed into some fancy wax packaging and uh, they just have this very posh attitude towards cheese curds, which are even better than that. And I just wanted to, I've, I've spoken about that publicly before. I feel very strongly about <laughs> Luke's cheese. Luke's going on the record about cheese curds. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to say it's fine. Yep. Yeah, it's totally fine. Uh, this week we've, 
been living primarily on like eyeball energy and coffee. So really any form of like solid food is, mm -hmm. it's to be honest, it's pretty great. Yeah. So, uh, you well, know. so my favorite thing about these cheeses is that one, because of the wax, they're super portable. Like you can take them places and they're like individually wrapped. And then it's a pretty mild cheese. So you can just down them. You can eat so many of those things. Yeah. The <laughs> downside is they're like really expensive. Yeah. Oh, really? Very, yeah. Like, like what's that cost? NCB, I think like <laughs> six or $7. I want to say for, not for one. No, for like, for like a for big like bag of them. 10 of them, I think. It's not that bad, but you can definitely find cheaper cheese. <clears throat> but yeah, that's that's fine. Uh, would I ever buy it personally? No. Do you ever buy cheese? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. I'll... They to go on the veggie burgers. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, well, we're we're gonna get to veggie. Oh, burgers. we're gonna. Get, okay. <laughs> what score does he get for that review? Uh, score for random review. I give him a three because a I like three? that cheese, and he was like lukewarm on it. Oh, I'll, I'll give him a. We'll average it out to a four. You were going to give him a five? Uh, four or five. Okay, that's that's cool. That's cool. I can live with that. Okay, rapid fire, background section. Mm. Um, where did you grow up? So I was actually born in California, but this is one of those things where my family moved when I was like six months old. So technically they could totally be lying to me, right? I have no evidence that I was actually born in California. Yeah, where's your birth certificate? <laughs> well, that's, yeah, but like, whatever. So, I mean, we could so doctor, we could doctor, <laughs> we could doctor these documents, right? And suddenly you were born in Taiwan and no that, believe it, that. then you just tell people, <laughs> I, it would explain a lot to me actually, if you were, but uh, so went sort of California to Ohio to Illinois. And, and so Chicago is kind of where I was and that's that answer, but okay. yeah. Okay. As a kid, what things were you most passionate about? You know, as a kid, I was r quite young and was given a paper route because I think no, like they had no, clearly no better options. So I think I was like a second grader or third grader with a paper route point is that means I was rich, right? <laughs> like, I, and so I spent 100% of my money on GI Joe figures, hundred percent. So I had, I was like financially responsible and yeah, rich. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> no savings. And, uh, yeah, a hundred percent of the income went to GI Joe. So it was, um, GI Joe, uh, basketball and soccer were the kind of early loves. And then, um, basketball has been a lifelong thing. Uh, eighth grade, I shifted from soccer to football and, uh, um, yeah, but those were really, that gives you a handle on. Hmm. Handle I guess on we, that. we got the, what was your first job question out of the way? Started very early. Well, yeah. Or yeah, that was the first, like most official job uh -huh. in, you know, I, I remember I used to get, I think like my parents would give me maybe a quarter for raking a bag of big, big bag of leaves. So that was also a thing, but the paper route was like an official. That mm -hmm. Chores, chores are not That's a, job. a chore. Yeah. yeah. Chores are yeah. not jobs. But yeah. do you get paid for chores? I did. Well, some, some chores, like some chores, okay. like I, I was expected to do some things, but like mowing mm -hmm. the lawn, for instance, I got paid some money for Yeah, actually that's how yeah. we were too. Okay. Um, okay. Where'd you go to school? What did you study? Why? Um, so, well, for college, I did my undergrad work at a place called Wheaton College, basically went there to play football, was a philosophy and literature double major, um, had a injury and a football career. And so basically I was, I had no, I was not into like the life of the mind, uh, going into college, like whatsoever, but basically was, uh, was a kid all of a sudden who wasn't allowed to play college football also was then told was not allowed to play college basketball. And so kind of life as I knew it was over and literally it felt like that what was my identity was just gone. I had a friend who, um, Matt Haltman, still a great friend of mine. He was like the smart football player. And he was like, dude, you should maybe take like a philosophy course. And I had no idea what philosophy even was. 
And uh, so I had, I'd actually already started kind of doing some of the English stuff. I was a decent writer, but the study of philosophy became more and more interesting and important to me. And so ended up doing my undergrad in that and then ended up going straight into a graduate program at the University of Chicago for philosophy. And so um, it's a very funny way to spend your 20s. Like did ended up doing five years of undergrad work and then went straight to University of Chicago and did five years of basically PhD work. And uh, pretty much that was like being in a monastery, but I, I don't regret that at all either. When did you start skiing? The first time I think I ever skied was my, I went one time my junior year of high school and I was definitely skiing in jeans and I remember we just got off the chairlift and no one had said anything about what to do or how, like, <laughs> no. Bottom. And so uh, we were standing on top of like a mogul run <laughs> and literally had zero, zero instruction, advice, guidance. And so I fully remember my first ski run ever because I literally just started straight lining. I didn't realize <laughs> you were supposed to turn around the moguls. So I, I just picked a line and then by like the fourth mogul, I was going so fast and was like trying to kind of suck this up. I just absolutely launched, like sent it, launched full yard sale. And I was like, so I guess this is skiing. <laughs> Skiing's weird. I don't, I don't remember anything about the rest of the day, which actually come to think of it, which I never have before right now is probably concussed. Yeah. But uh, that was my first time skiing. It was somewhere, I think, in like Wisconsin or Michigan or some, I don't know. And then I went one time again, I think, my senior year of high school. And, uh, and then in college, I remember vividly um, met some good friends um, uh, freshman year, and it was Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. And we're in Chicago, and they're like, uh, what do you guys want to do? It's a three-day weekend. And one of my friends was like, uh, well, my parents have a place in Dillon, Colorado. And like 40 minutes later, f five pretty big dudes like got into this small car and just drove through the night to Dillon. And that, so that was literally like my third time skiing ever. Um, we did like four or five days uh, out in Colorado. And so... Yeah, so not a whole lot of skiing early on. Um, in grad school, I skied almost not at all. And then it was really when I moved to New Mexico in 2002, that's when I really started like skiing a lot. And that went to like, like pretty quickly to like 100 days a year type of stuff. Mm. And uh, yeah, super, super fell in love with it. But unlike pretty much everybody at Blister who's like, oh, I started skiing when I was two. Like, definitely not my story. Um, so when did you start running and trail running? Um, trail running pretty late. And I mean, I've, I've talked about this like on our Off the Couch podcast. Like, I used to just make fun of runners, right? Like, running is stupid. I like, still do that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was a sprinter in high school and only did that for football. But... So trail running within the last, you know, say five years, like a little bit, but the real, uh, and I did, I apologize. I did tell this portion of the story. And I think our first episode of off the couch, uh, where Brendan Leonard and I are talk about our kind of respective backgrounds, but it was after I broke my neck and, uh, literally was not allowed to do anything, any type of exercise and, the first thing the the surgeon would let me do post-operation was walk. And then that eventually turned into like running, but definitely not on Rocky Rudy off camber surfaces. And, but that, that really was the first time in my life where running became like freeing. And it was a, an ex, was a freedom thing rather than like some punishment thing that you have to do at, at the end of practice. And um, so that's when I really like, developed a new appreciation of running. And I mean, now it's wild. Like literally we get to, we get to walk out our door and start trail running on gorgeous trails. Yeah. And 
I mean, it's, it's pretty great. And, and I think maybe in, in particular for somebody who like me, who that was never my thing. It's like, this is a pretty great spot to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to fall in love with trail running, I'd say. Mm -hmm. So what about mountain biking? Mountain biking? Um, I'd say, honestly, the first time I was ever on a mountain bike, like on an actual trail probably was early after my move to New Mexico, 2002. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then what are your current favorite sports or activities? Or like you have to pick three to start with. And these are, are we talking spectator or are we talking participation? Um, all you asked was favorite sports and activities for me. So okay. I'm giving you the same treatment. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, your favorite activity could be watching football. Yeah. Or like eating chips. Yeah. For example. Or sleeping. <laughs> that's, that's definitely not. <laughs> yeah. I like sleep. <laughs> it's the thing I like far more than I do sometimes, but uh, it's getting, it's, it's getting better for the most part. Um, uh, skiing, skiing is still number one. Um, I think I'd probably go on the, the mountain sports we just talked about. I, I would go skiing one, mountain biking two, trail running three. Mm -hmm. um, weirdly, um, part going back to like the, the football thing, I started lifting when I was pretty young, like 12, 13 years old. And it's funny, like these days, I mean, I'm definitely obviously not lifting to get huge or anything like that, but there is some kind of continuity thing that I still really appreciate about being, getting alone, like in a weight room by yourself. And we actually have a phenomenal weight room here at Elevation. Um, and often I'll try to go in there, like sneak in pretty, like right just when before. they're trying to close. <laughs> you kind of, <laughs> and it's like, I'm the only one in there. Yeah. And that, that is, there is definitely kind of a therapeutic slash meditative element to that. And uh, I know that sounds super weird, but. No, I could see it. You should try fishing sometime. <sighs> Yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right. I, I would maybe. pay money to see that. I yeah. Think. <laughs> I feel like the rod would be broken within a few minutes. Um, what do you want to rank him for that? I, I thought that was section. actually fantastic. Your I, whole background? Yeah. I, well, he's lived a lot longer life than we have. Right? So yeah, I'm, it's I, not fair. I agree. Right. I agree. Just because he has a lot of background, I don't think that means <laughs> yeah. he gets a good score on It's not on quantity, it's quality. Exactly. So I definitely am going to knock him for not skiing until he was a junior in high school. That seems just egregious. Yeah. Um, I mean, everything else was pretty good, I think. I would give him a seven. I was going to give him a four. Okay. <laughs> Let's go with uh, Sam, Let's go Sam's with Revenge. Yeah. Well, you still haven't been reviewed yet. So. Let's go with seven. Yeah. All right. Seven. <laughs> All right. Cool. Oh, All right. Man. Oh. Um, next question. If you can keep this brief, how and why did you start Blister? Mm, yeah. So that very much ties into the fact, uh, I don't think this is a, a knock against me. I mean, I, you know, I was in Chicago, so no, I wasn't skiing, but, uh, you just, know, just, just to interject though, my dad grew up in Chicago and he started skiing when he was like eight. So See, my but, dad skis better than your dad. My yeah. dad does. <laughs> I guarantee your dad skis better than my dad. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like really nobody, nobody in, you know, and maybe I blame the football circle or something, but literally my friend Steve Buss was the one kid I can think of. And we're still like great friends today, but Steve would be the weird guy that would go out to like Utah once a year and like go on ski trips. He's the only person I knew. And uh, so it just wasn't in the water. And well, uh, I mean, like jokes aside too, skiing is like, it's an expensive sport. Yeah. It takes a ton of time. It's really specific. Like to get into it is difficult. The only reason yeah. I got into skiing is because my parents, you know, like mm -hmm. if they I, weren't into it, I wouldn't have been. Like, into dude, it. I didn't think I knew it was a thing. Like yeah. I had seen like Olympic, you know, downhill races. I didn't know this was like a, th that free skiing was a thing you could do. I mean, it just wasn't. So it wasn't like, oh yeah, that skiing thing. Now nah, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. Just like, dude, it was not on the radar. And the funny thing is, is I actually think this is a really important part of the story when it comes to like, so why did you start blister? Like, you know, I, you know, we, we talked about eventually after, uh, 
well, actually I was still in the finishing up grad school. I went out to New Mexico for what was supposed to be a summer. And uh, I could have gone anywhere in the world I wanted just to write. I just needed to write. And, um, and that was my first time really in the mountains. And the minute I got there, it was like, what in the world? Mm -hmm. And I think it was mountain biking first, but then kind of mountain biking and climbing. And, and, uh, and then I ended up deferring um, my graduate work. And I was, actually, I was actually teaching philosophy at the time back in Chicago. And uh, I kind of informed everybody, like, I'm not coming back. So I actually think I get extra points for that. <laughs> That's a badass move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like a true move. Like I was like, yeah, no, I'll catch you guys later. Well, you didn't mention it, so that score doesn't count. Right. Well, I mean, we, we, we do scored. have the power to give him bonus points, but I'm I not think sure. That a, I'm, or yeah. takeaway points. So <laughs> we'll uh, consider that at the end of the year. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so basically, I was like, uh, I was new to all this stuff. Um, you know, like a decent athlete, and suddenly it was like, man you know, I'm, I'm certain the right skis or ski boots would kind of help me out. Like, and I was honestly just kind of shocked at how poor the quality of the information was that you could find about all this product. And so, you know, I kind of like, some people still do. I would like excitedly like, oh, this new buyer's guide just came out from so-and-so in Glossy Magazine. And awesome. Like, you know, I was, I was just, I couldn't get enough, you know, learning more about like different equipment and the like. And, and, uh, but then was just like, wow, this is all super, super underwhelming and dumb. And, and at that point I didn't immediately jump to start blister. I, I started asking just some of my friends and who had started at, you know, these are now people who did start skiing when they were you know, four or five years old or whatever. And it was like, yeah, dude, like, why can't you find any good product information about this stuff? And they were just like, oh yeah, I don't know. Like just kind of how it is. And, and, um, and really I remember, um, eventually like, well, fast forward, I remember finally hearing about how so much of the outdoor sports review world worked which was in short that it was a lot of it just pay to play. And I remember still just being vividly like scandalized about that because, you know, my best friends now were skiers and mountain bikers. And this is the thing, this was the glue, these sports, you know, was the glue in these friendships. And I just was like, I can't believe that the media companies in whether it was bike or ski basically are just operating on some pay to play thing that effectively translates to like lying to the community. And honestly, I, I, I could not believe this is the way it worked. And I kept asking around and the more people I talked to was like, oh yeah, no, I mean, but we all just, we know. And, and so here's, I think the key point, a lot of my friends and the people in my circles knew that the world worked that way, but I think that it was a bit like, this is just the world they had grown up in. Whereas I had no part of this world, right? Wasn't coming from it, right? As a football and basketball player and then a philosophy professor. And I just was like, this is so discordant and messed up that that was the time when I finally was like, okay, we're gonna start Blister just as a total experiment. And like, what happens if we just totally commit to telling the truth about all of this really expensive product as best as we can, you know, to the best of our ability, trying to be as accurate as possible. And while there might be some grounds for reasonable disagreement among skiers or mountain bikers or whatever, 100%, it's just like, we're just going to do our best to tell the truth and, and give you accurate information about this stuff. And it was like, what happens if we do that? Oh, and then a big number two, I was like, and we're not gonna take any money from the gear manufacturers we review. So there's that, right? Just and setting yourself up on the easy road. Right, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. So um, that was the other, I think, huge thing. So it was on the one hand, we're gonna try to write in depth 
and as accurately as we possibly can um, to just put out really good, clear consumer product information. And then two, we're not going to have revenue streams that undermine the integrity of this work. And as Luke and I were up last night around midnight or something, actually looking at a one of the other new buyer's guides that current ones, current buyer's guides that just came out. I was like, my God, you know, um, same thing. It is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And, uh, you know, so anyway, that's, uh, that was kind of how, how blister got started. And, and, uh, well, I think it's probably difficult not to give you a 10 on that. I think so. Um, we might be biased as you write our (laughs) paychecks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Next one. Who's your favorite reviewer at Blister? Uh, there are right and wrong answers to some of these <laughs> questions, by the way. Yeah, I'm just gonna write. I'm just gonna write no under the score. <laughs> um, it's a great question. I mean, Luke, you. I think you said Paul Forward. No, I said Noah. I, I'm sorry, you said Noah. Yeah. And Noah, Noah. There's a lot of good. That that was a great answer. I was a little offended that I mean honestly I'm pr- I should probably be your favorite reviewer. Mm. You do the the least amount of work for your reviews? Yeah. Yeah, but they often require like a week to put together and Noah just <laughs> I never monitor him and he just sends me this full review that's 100% done basically and I just get to move it into the website and post it. What do you mean mine take a week? We're like, wait, look at this. Does this seem weird? Does this seem weird? And <laughs> Noah's just like, here you go. It's ready. I see. Um, okay. Um, so yeah, we're both pretty big Noah fans. Um, I got to say... Props to David Golay. Mm-hmm. Um, David is uh, working with us on the bike side, and David's making a pretty strong, uh, yeah. quick impression. Um, Paul Forward, um, who I mentioned, I mean, Paul. Paul would be. Paul's reviews are fun. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm always kind of intrigued to see where where Paul's like, gonna go. Where did he ski this ski in forty centimeters of snow this time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, I, you know, I, I think all our reviewers are probably feel a little bit like they're like friend, like brothers or sisters. And so you have the like love hate. Well, you literally made me rank my own siblings <laughs> yeah. last time. So deal with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no pity here. No pity. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll say, we'll say, we'll give a shout out to Paul. Okay. Yeah. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Eight. Sure. That, that's how much I like Paul. <laughs> <laughs> right, that wasn't me, Paul. That was Sam. Um, oh, here's one that's, well, we'll see how you do. What's the most interesting thing that's ever happened to you? Um, I, I, I think I've had a, I have a couple candidates here. So um, I have been charged by a bear. Okay. Uh, I was in Whistler. Um, I don't remember, 2000, maybe 2004-ish, 2005, and uh, was riding the bike park there and was done riding for the day and went off for like a hike by myself and just was like cruising around and was walking back into the village and got on some long footbridge thing and got about halfway on and this big bear turned onto the bridge enclosed bridge or like yeah there wasn't like behind you or in front of you in front so i'm like halfway on (laughs) and this bear turns on with her cup oh (laughs) jeez and so that was interesting and uh i mean this is again 2004 2005 or whatever and so um i actually had like a tiny little pocket camera you know like like, like, a, like a disposable camera not or? a disposable but just like a little i don't know yeah, canon yeah yeah, yeah. sure Point shot i don't know what they're yeah. called but uh and so you're I, like oh this would make a great picture yeah, no and so i was like well this is interesting and so i kind of just was like looking down and started like backing up like slowly because yeah i'm on a bridge there's not there's not a whole lot of places to go over you know like a river and uh, 
so I, I backed up and, and this bear was not like charging or anything. I backed up and like stepped off to the side, like kind of there's a dirt embankment that kind of rolls down to the river. And I was just like, I'm just giving this bear the right away. I wasn't going to turn and run or anything like that. And so I, you know, just was backing up, but stayed facing this thing. And, uh, she and her cub, um, we're kind of walking on the far side of the bridge, but like we're close now. And then all of a sudden the bear stops, squares me up and is like facing me and starts doing some weird bear grunting, hopping thing. Yeah. Like, like kind of yeah, sounded yeah, like yeah, an yeah. ape. Yeah. And again, ex football player. Like I could take him. Yeah. Well, I was a wide receiver. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm about to get charged by a bear. My job is just to make this thing miss. Like I, like, I don't know. I don't have some other instinct here. And so I had this like camera clunking around. So I like took it out of my pocket, mostly just so, you know, and like the bear started to charge and I broke down, like broke down in my, in a stance, like you would just ready to go. Like I'm going left or going right. I don't know which way, but like, make this thing miss at least the first time. So the bear starts charging. I break down into this stance, ready to go left or right. She keeps coming, stops on a dime, like about where you are, Luke, mm. and then just stops. And I'm still ready to like go left, right. And then she just turns and like sprints off. And the best part of this story when I broke down into like a football stance, I accidentally hit the the button on the camera and I have a picture of it. Boom. <laughs> yeah. That's, so that's, that's my long good. story. But that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. It would have been little... better if you had actually gotten mauled, though. That'd <laughs> yeah. be more interesting, right? Well, we'll get to that stuff later. <laughs> I'll give that since it false charged by a bear false charged you that's true that's true uh, I think that's, that's an true. eight again I would have given him a seven but I'll... Yeah. Yeah, 7.5. Wow. 7.5. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Um, who's your favorite skier? The first name that comes to mind is Eric Hjorlifsson. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that is because um, some of, I've talked about this, but some of Hoji's pillow segments are still absolutely just incredible to me. Um, and then I've, I've had the chance to have some very long conversations with Eric and, uh, those have been really fun and, uh, and interesting. And I've learned a lot there. So Eric, Eric is a pretty safe, pretty safe answer. Um, Pep, who I just talked to, um, what a week or two ago, mm -hmm. some of Pep's Japan stuff actually was, was some of those segments are just seared in my memory too. And I think were some of the first things that as again, I was just trying to learn more and see more about this ski world. Um, Pep skiing Japan looked like just about the most fun thing mm -hmm. you could imagine. And yeah. so um, those are those are a couple. But you have I, to pick one, the question says. Well, <laughs> the, the, third, the third candidate is of course, Angel Collinson. One, cause she's awesome and two, she's a philosophy major. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And so I would, I've always said, you know, like any, any skier, you, you want to jockey into this position to be my favorite skier, like being a philosophy major, that goes a long way. So those are my top three. And, uh, it's, it's Angel and Eric. I gotta, I'd have to give the, it's a tie. If Eric had studied philosophy, I give him zero points. For yeah, time. he yeah. didn't answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we had talked about the interesting things that have happened to you. What's the mm -hmm. most interesting thing that you've done, like under your own power, I guess, is this question. Uh, I don't know. I mean, year two of the buyer's guide, I pretty much built that myself. Which cover was that? Uh, that you jumping over Sai? The Liberties. Maybe. Okay. I think that was the year. I remember vividly thinking like, 
I'm just going to be found dead like weeks later with flies buzzing around. Um, I don't know, possibly that. Um, things that I've done myself, I've co-authored or co-edited, I should say, um, I mean, a couple of books. So there's... Philo philosophy books? Philosophy, yeah. Okay. So um, one of them was called Thoreau's Importance for Philosophy. Uh, I think you made me read that when I, got I made you read that on, or at least some of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, me too, definitely. <laughs> Stay, I'm, I'm pretty sure I didn't make you read that. He's like, he won't get it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that if there's, there was probably been this kind of funny thing about like, I think there's this ski publishing thing, and then also like this academic philosophy publishing thing is maybe a little bit surprising to some mm -hmm. folks. Um, but uh, so maybe I'd say, I don't know of a lot of other like published academics. I could probably take most of them like on the mountain in steep techie terrain, yeah. <laughs> okay. um, you know, something like that. So I, that's where I, I think hey. it'd be, have to be like a combo answer. Like also, a, I'm a published academic, so. Hey, so am I actually. Yeah. <laughs> what did you guys publish? Uh, we did a study on the um, physiological impact of wearing different types of garments while doing exercise with the goal being to develop a new personal protective equipment uniform for like doctors, um, especially those in Africa who are doing like Ebola research because it's super hot there and they would get really sweaty and pass out in more traditional garments um but they still have to be protected from the other stuff that's, so that's cool. what we did it's pretty cool <laughs> yeah, i mean? once i once <laughs> presented a paper at a philosophy conference called apophasis and escasis contemporary philosophy and mystical theology hmm. sounds complicated <laughs> yeah i don't know what a lot of those words mean yeah what was your um i published my master's thesis on developing a energy harvesting cardiac pacemaker without a battery or a lead um, to eliminate the need to like replace pacemakers, we designed a pacemaker um, that harvests the energy of the body, the bloodstream, like the flow of your blood, um, powers the pacemaker. I'm hearing we save lives. You <laughs> talked about Latin words, intellectual history, <laughs> and it was, those are Greek words. Whatever. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I'm, I don't know. I thought the answer was fine until the end word yeah yeah well it's not fair to compare people like us that's to totally him. true we can pity him are we gonna give him an eight for that uh i was thinking five okay yeah five's better let's go with five um ooh, the stupidest thing you've ever done apart from maybe start blister um yeah blister is definitely the best and worst thing i've ever done uh, -huh. uh i've done a lot of stupid things um all right, I want, I'm trying to earn a 10 off this answer. Okay. This is 100% true. But, I was going to give you a 10 on this answer no matter what. <laughs> yeah. um, I remember as a kid, like my family did not like have a lot of money or anything. And so uh, one year for Christmas, uh, I got new carpet. This was maybe not like super fine carpet. This is like plastic chemical carpet kind mm -hmm. of whatever but you know it was whatever we it was fine New carpet and and uh i got like some kind of electric keyboard and um my parents are actually good musicians i'm definitely not <laughs> and uh i think at this point they were still maybe holding out hope that i'd learn how to play the piano mm -hmm. and stuff uh i'd plugged i think this keyboard this is christmas evening I'd plug this keyboard in and for some reason was trying to move it around and it was real like stuck in the electric socket. And I'm like, man, I cannot get this thing out. So I was like, I need to pry this plug out. <laughs> and I was How like, fortunately, uh, I don't know. Like, let's you, say electrocuted five? the memories out of yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that this, what I'm about to say is maybe this, this took the memory right out of me, but I was like, let's say five or okay. six. Okay. And I was like, man, this, this, I don't know what's up with this plug. I can't get this out. Fortunately, I had um, throwing stars. 
<laughs> like, you know, like ninja throwing stars. You were five. Huh? You were five? I don't five or six. <laughs> My parents were very loose on that kind of stuff. Like I definitely like I had knives and like throwing stars. Yeah. And and uh I you know, my friends used to get in trouble actually. Like I remember one day we were just lighting Stuff paper and leaves on fire outside of the house and my parents didn't care but my friends chris johnson across the street his parents were livid like chris was not allowed to like, like come hang out for a while wait till you see what i can do with this socket. yeah so you know i needed to move this keyboard and uh so yeah i used the throwing star the metal throwing star jammed that into the electric socket to pry out the keyboard plug <laughs> shocked the ever-living hell out of myself and then set the entire room on fire. And again, right. the carpet, I don't think was like your like organic 100% wool. It was like chemically coated carpet. So there's, you know, this electrical fire, the whole cord to the keyboard like goes up. Everything is on fire. The carpet now is all catching fire. I'm a little like, oh, crap. So I run to the bathroom around the corner and fill up a Dixie cup with water. Don't worry, mom, I got and it. Yeah, like I got it. And then throw that. And as the story goes, basically, my I mean, this whole, I'm like, I'm going to die from like smoke and chemical in, in, inhalation. My dad like comes running and sees like this, you know, just absolute furnace and I'm so stunned and scared. I'm still just kind of watching it and, and, and slowly dying. And he just like grabs me and runs out of the room. But I think in terms of the stupidest things I've ever done, that's got to rank up there. Yeah. That's pretty dumb. Even age aside. Did, yeah. the whole, did they put the fire out? I have, it definitely got put out. I don't know how. I don't okay. think my Dixie cup of water <laughs> is probably what solved that. Well, I'll give him a 10 because that was yeah. super dumb. Yeah, yeah, that was great. <laughs> um, okay, first, what are you better at than Sam? Oh, man. We don't have enough time for this one. Um, you got to pick one. Well, I think your answer was writing. I'm, I'm definitely a better writer. That's very fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think just general judgment, uh, <laughs> aesthetics, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. General sensibilities and sort of navigating life, not being wrong about everything. <laughs> Those things I'd say. Humility. <laughs> <laughs> but what are you better at than Luke? Um, so the big thing this go around, <laughs> Luke like knows what I'm going to say here. <laughs> Luke, Luke falls in love with certain pat expressions. And when you're going through a buyer's guide that has something like 230 skis, and I don't even know how many total products we're at, but a I, lot. 400 Too plus. Um, I, you know, it'll be like one in the morning or two in the morning, and I'm still editing some of the stuff we're working on. And this is the thing recently that's absolutely driving me insane about Luke is he just kind of falls in love with these same expressions and it's dumb. It's not about the technical information about the ski. He's very good about that. But uh, saying that everything is worth a look or worth a good look or really stands out. And I'm like, I'm going to come murder you at two in the morning if I read this one more time. So to provide a... I, I mean, I don't think you're wrong, but to provide a little context, we do have several hundred products in the guide. Yeah. And I am at least putting some input into almost every blurb we're writing or doing right now, whether it's editing yeah. other review stuff or writing it myself. Yeah. And I think at most I've included the same phrase twice in a, no. in a single section. I think it happened. I think the first time it happened, it was like two or three times. 
And then now if you see any of those phrases once in a section, you freak out. And I think it's amplified by the fact that you're usually reading these at like midnight <laughs> and you have a hair trigger on anything. Yeah, so. there's no question. Anyways. Of like, this right now is the thing in my life that makes me wild angry. <laughs> yeah. Which is, in the scheme of things, I think shows like overall life's going pretty good. <laughs> yeah. You know, if that's like your yeah. thing. But I don't, yeah. I, I don't disagree with you. I just want to give people a little bit of a background. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't really know. I don't. About I don't one. care. Just, Just give it a, type a number six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um. All right. Quick rapid fire. Okay. Skis, boots, bindings, apparel, running shoes, and veggie burgers. What are you pickiest about, and what are you least picky about? Uh. Probably pickiest about skis. Yeah. More than boots. Yeah. Well, I your can. Foot, I, your foot. Oh yeah, you, 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 have the, you have the golden. I have golden. <laughs> I have golden feet. Like I, if it's a, a size twenty six five low volume boot, um, chances are I'll get along with it okay. It's not fair. And not and fair. and I've skied one twenties, one thirties, one forties all pretty happily. So while I maybe have my preferences on those for sure, um, I find that I can get along at least with with a decent number of boots, um, skis is where I will be probably quickest to be like, this is stupid mm -hmm. or, yeah. um, but, uh, veggie burgers. Um, I'm kind of just in on the genre mostly. <laughs> There's some really dumb ones, I think like, but, uh, and I guess rocker, we should, ex they're not heavy enough. Uh, <laughs> Taper. <laughs> when you start, when you start getting, and I guess we should say like, so I am a vegetarian and I, I, I guess maybe this is a fun fact. Like I don't cook like at all. Yeah. And so I, I'm either on a raw diet or a microwave, like you can do it in a microwave. That's literally. <laughs> You're like on both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Like I only so like, so like what percentage of your calories come from veggie burgers? I have definitely one a day, every day like every day and the rest so, is protein shakes and then one or two protein shakes every day and sometimes like if if i'm doing a lot more lifting than i am like right now sometimes that would go to two to three two to three a day um that i really developed in grad school year one mm -hmm. of grad school when it was just like man there's no time for anything yeah <laughs> i would cook at the start of the week like a 10 pound thing of spaghetti and literally just oh, yeah. graze that on that too. down, yeah. you know, but now I don't even like that was cooking, <laughs> yeah. I, but now I don't even do that. So, okay. um, yeah, raw, but then like raw broccoli and cauliflower and hummus and protein shakes and veggie burgers with sourdough bread. I've literally just explained most of my <laughs> diet. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Wait, so, we have to give him a score for that. Oh, yeah. Um, Uniqueness. About, that's kind of... Picky about skis, not picky about veggie burgers. See, I think being picky about skis is dumb, personally. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> yeah, sounds like you're just bad at skiing. That's probably true. Yeah, I give him a six. All right. Oh, that. man. Um, so this question would have been applicable on literally any other day of the year, except you're actually wearing shoes today, but why do you always wear flip-flops? I do love flip-flops. I know, I thought I should class it up for my interview, so I'm like wearing, yeah. Shoes. <clears throat> if wearing... you didn't show, the, the cameras aren't on your feet. <laughs> do you want me to switch it up? We can... No, that's okay. Um, <laughs> no, uh, well actually, to be honest, we're I'm rocking these lovely, lovely Arbor shoes and uh, I'm supposed to be reviewing them. And, uh, but I do love flip-flops. Flip-flops are, I think, objectively my favorite piece of gear on earth. Um, yeah. Um, but, but why? Uh, I mean, easy on off. That's another time saver. Who's got time for laces, Sam? And I mean, then after skiing, <laughs> after skiing to just get out of those low volume boots and right into ski boot and right into flip-flops and Rob Dickinson, right? Mm -hmm. Crested Butte, famous uh, Rob Dickinson, he 
was always like, dude, you're going to fit in great around here, like doing your like Colorado flip-flop thing. And I'm just like, this is like good therapy. You, you've been in these tight ski boots and now you just go around in the cold and it's basically kind of like you're getting sort of, you're icing your feet. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Stretch. So yeah, to I, me, flip-flops are conducive for all weather. Okay. I, I would give you a good score, but um, making people smell your feet after they've been in ski boots all day is kind of cruel. Yep, I'm with Luke. I give you a two. You, you've smelled my feet? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> after oh, we get on. done of like, after like a full day of like pow skiing where we're getting kind of sweaty. You've never mentioned this before. No. You saved it for Socks. this. Because I get out of here as quick as I can. <laughs> All right. So so Luke went in and added some questions after I did this, and some of these are kind of mean. Oh, um, no. But I'm gonna we're gonna ask this one anyway. Right. Um, why don't you have any hair? <laughs> I don't know. You got to ask me why my hair is long. So yeah, that's genetics, right? Okay. I wasn't sure if you just or, or is it the it? lack oh, of oh, sleep. Well, that's or... okay. Well, I started shaving my head like I think sometime in college and I was just like why am I taking the time and spending money <laughs> I figured that was exactly why you did it yeah and so I yeah I started shaving my head early on and okay yeah and then just went from there and then I'm just like why on earth would anybody literally I can't fathom t- it's not even the money part though that seems mm-hmm. silly but like the one good thing about being a dude is like you can just shave your head and it's like no one cares and it's fine <laughs> and it takes like two minutes uh-huh. Another fun fact, I don't shave. I've been shaving with like clippers mm-hmm. for at least a decade, probably almost two decades. Because that head takes two? Huh? Your head? Yeah. It's the same head. Huh. And then like this takes two minutes. Razor burn is the worst. I'm not using, and, and like this is like once or twice a week for two minutes. So there's a lot of like kind of terrifying efficiencies built into my life <laughs> that when you make me say them all out loud in one conversation, yeah, it starts to sound a little. Seems odd. like Steve Jobs wore the same turtleneck every day as an efficiency, but he also created the iPhone. <laughs> what do you have to? Yeah, I, I to have show not. For yeah, I've not yet. Uh, I just put up with you. Yeah. Okay. Actually. Yeah. actually so yeah. flip flops are like my black turtleneck. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you. I would give him a seven for that sick yeah i think that's fair that's fair. so we've already got a few examples of this but you seem to almost die like all the time yeah how many times have you almost died don't even know yeah that many uh over under i mean let's put it at nine or ten jeez that's a lot you should you should dial back. <laughs> you should try not dying more. Try to not die more. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's 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 an impressive number. I'll give him a wait, how many was it nine or ten? Yeah, like I don't know. Right. Give him a nine point like, five then. Okay, yeah, nine point five. Yeah. So what's the average number of hours of sleep that you get a night? <laughs> and have you always hated yourself or did you used to sleep more? <laughs> No, I love sleep. I, this is this is the thing. Like sacrifices are being made. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, I like sleep. I probably have never truly had a time when I would like. I've never been the like nine hour, ten hour type of person. But um, no, I I would. I'd I'd put me in the six to seven to eight hour kind of traditionally. Okay. Um, this time of year, a bit less. Well, first two years of blister was four hours a night. Yeah. Regimented four hours a night. And then, but like, I'm, I'm not into that. Like I, I don't, I don't like, like, I don't like the walking around zombied out. I think sleep is, I mean, I'm interested in longevity and like being healthy for a long time. And sleep is obviously a critical component of that. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that's cool. And I don't think that's like this, the mark that like you're really getting after it. I think it's stupid if you don't sleep enough. And yet, like we're doing a lot. And, um, you know, and right now I'm kind of willing to like, but I, I'm in general, I'd say that um, when it, we're not wrapping up a buyer's guide and when Claudio's not in town and um, in that, that kind of thing, like I, 
I six, seven, sometimes eight. Okay. Give you a seven. Seems kind of arbitrary, but yeah. I'm I mean, this whole thing is arbitrary. <laughs> no. So let's talk a little bit about ski preferences. Um, what do you like most um, when it comes to a ski? Um, my God, if there's anybody that doesn't know the answer to this, I, that seems amazing by now. But um, the quality that I like most is good suspension in a ski. And I think we actually started using that term when it came to skis. And, and I don't know if we've popularized that, but I don't recall ever really hearing that sort of language about a ski. But basically the same thing that like when you're on a mountain bike that has good suspension or in a car with good suspension, that good feeling when you're dealing with steeper, techier, weird terrain, the ski just feels kind of nice and somewhat plush. I probably err on the side of plush. S skis that you would tend to call dead, I get along with, Sam. Those um, skis are dead. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, Sam likes dumb skis. But uh, yeah, so I like that. Um, I do tend to like a bit stiffer skis, but I would take a ski with good suspension over some super stiff. I hate, I hate stiff skis with bad suspension. And turns out there's a lot of them out there. And for the love of God, I can't understand why people keep making them. But um, yeah, so I, I like heavier skis. Um, I'd rather provide more input than have some super light thing that will do the work for me. So I like weight. I like good suspension. And like we always talk about, the heavier the ski is, the more I think you can add stiffness into it and you don't mess up the suspension of that thing. And so, um, yeah. Uh, what do you care about least in a ski? Uh, fun. Fun. <laughs> no, I, I think that's, that's accurate, yeah. Fun. Um, uh, I, was, I was wondering if the answer was graphics. But some graphics, I mean, when we have to sit there looking at these skis, we're like, that's just so stupid and lame. Mm -hmm. Like, why would someone do that to like an otherwise good, especially when it's on a good ski? Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, well, so the obvious answer is when, when companies start touting the weight savings uh, technology that they threw into their dumb ski, like, I don't give a shit about that. And I think they probably just messed the ski up. Um, more than made it better, but um, so yeah, I don't. You don't have me. You don't. You don't. You don't get my heart with all the talk of lightweight mm -hmm. uh, savings. That was a predictable but good answer. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I would say predictable and otherwise fine. Let's give it a five. Oh, you're gonna have five. Oh, you're gonna go eight. Eight. Oh, let's go <laughs> six point five. How is he doing so far? I have no, no idea. idea. You have 90 points, which is a total of about four, oh, 98.5 now. That's almost a 50%. For the record, Luke got 169.5 points. Out of 100. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's um, approximately 200 points available. Okay. Uh, who would you most like to interview on the podcast that you have not already? Is this like moonshot interview or like Anything. probably can make it happen? Any person. Um, they have to be alive. Okay. Interesting. Um, yes, definitely alive. <laughs> I, I would actually love to interview Obama and I would basically just want to talk about Chicago basketball. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what the entire conversation would be about. And, and I'd want to ask him about like who he's reading these days. Um, that would be a really fun one, I think. Um, okay. yeah. I'm fine with that. That's a, that's a, that's a good answer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Second, let me give a second. And this is a and bonus. Points go down. <laughs> <laughs> it was good to be a if, if so we you. go to more of the, if we go to more of the like, kind of outdoor sports mm -hmm. world, um, couple on the radar, um, Seth Morrison, mm -hmm. who is not far away from here. <laughs> And so we will see, I'm, we'll see. But Seth, uh, I think I would be more like nervous talking to Seth than Obama, like <laughs> without question. Yeah. So uh, anyway, but, uh, and then um, I would like to interview Michaela Schifrin. Mm -hmm. um, I think she's obviously 
doing remarkable things on a lot of different fronts. So I'll, go, I'll give you those three. You only asked for one, I gave you three. That's at least a 10. No, that's minus three points. That's command. a seven. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, quickly, who would you most like to interview again who's already been on the podcast? Like maybe something new happened or um, you just want to catch up. Mm-hmm. Or you just wish you were better friends with this person. And maybe, maybe, maybe they're listening right now. Or you really right screwed up the interview the first time. Well... Speaking of oh I know what you're gonna say <laughs> I mean there there is a lost there is a lost episode this is a cop out answer I'm gonna give you zero <laughs> points there's there's a lost episode um, Tom Wallace and I had a phenomenal conversation a couple years ago and uh, like really amazing and uh, we we need to come back around on that we had technical difficulties and yeah so that would be interesting. Um, it's always good to talk to to Eric Yorlovson. We'll, we'll we'll I'm sure we'll have reason to circle back. Uh, we need to get Dan Abrams on again too. <laughs> Dan's always a good time. Always a good time. Good to talk to him. But um, yeah. Cool. Okay. Um. Yeah. I remember. I think you like called me when you like you called me after the Tom Walsh podcast. You're like that was amazing. It yep. was like one of the best ones we ever yep. done. And then I get a call like either a few hours or like a couple days later like. My life is ruined. Like, yeah. We cannot get the audio to work. No, um, this is like, it was a great conversation. Mm-hmm. And I could not believe that it was gone. And, and I, writing that note to Tom to tell yeah. him was the like, that was, it was awful. And he was super cool. And he's like, dude, believe me, you know, this guy knows he's been around. <laughs> AV equipment forever. And so he's like, dude, I get it. It happens to the best of us. And like, we'll reschedule. And then we just haven't come back around, but that one's, that one is long overdue. And yeah. Okay. I'll give that a nine. Yeah. So sad. I feel like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And also I love Tom. So yeah. Um, all right. You need to do these. We might let you explain, but right now just lift, list them off. Top three favorite books. Number one has to be Thoreau's Walden. Mm -hmm. Uh, number two, um, Seneca's moral epistles. Um, my called. favorite. <laughs> you should, you should go get the Loeb edition of these. Okay. You get the English the text and the Latin text yeah. and both side and both. So, um, and then, you know, honestly, well, Pierre Adot's philosophy as a way of life. That was a a transformative book. We won't go into the long story. Mm-hmm. I'll give you those three. Bonus, Crack Hours Into the Wild was a stunning book. I read it because I was teaching a course on Thoreau, mm-hmm. um, a college course on Thoreau. I didn't know who John Krakauer was. I didn't know about that book. People, and he talks a little a little bit about Thoreau and Into the Wild. And so everyone, everyone was like, you have to read this book. You haven't read it? And I was like, I don't know. Who's this pop psychologist wannabe. So I was in a way dismissive mood coming into it. And when I sat down, that book was like, it took my breath away. Unbelievable. It's one of the only books I've ever like literally read the last page and just went to page one and just started. I I can't believe that book. Hmm. It's exactly uh, what I did with Pusha T's album, Daytona. <laughs> a great album. A great album. Yeah, so I give you a 10 for that. I'll give you yeah. a 10 for the Crack Hour okay. answer too, because right. that is a phenomenal book. Uh, yeah. On the topic of music, top three bands or artists? So I have a pantheon. Mm-hmm. Bob Dylan is the ruler of my pantheon. Okay. Um, to switch metaphors, Bob Dylan is Shakespeare. Okay. Everyone who has come after is indebted. Now, can you do the metaphor or an analogy in the form of race cars like uh, ski magazines would? No. <laughs> no, I cannot. Uh, so I, I go in my pantheon, uh, Dylan 1, Tom Waits 2, Johnny Cash 3. Actually, we'll go Cash 2, Waits 3. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty happy with that. I give him an 8 just because of Tom Waits. All right. Top three favorite movies. Uh, number one has to be Pulp Fiction. Um, number two, if the answer, if the question was, what is the greatest movie ever made? Probably go with Akira Kurosawa's Ron. I still haven't seen that. Um, so Pulp Fiction, Ron, and then, uh, I could go with, 
a rotating group of Wes Anderson movies. Usually, I'd say right now today, the answer is probably Royal Tenenbaums. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Okay. okay. Uh, Akira Kurosawa's Ron. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it. It yeah. sounds... Epic. Intelligent? Seven? <laughs> seven Seven's good. All right. Seven's good. Um, all right. What's the best question we have not asked you? This is the question that you force all of your guests to answer, and it's really hard. It is really hard. Um, probably the best question, because I don't really know what the answer is, is like if I had to stop doing blister tomorrow mm-hmm. uh what would i do go crazy <laughs> i don't think so uh, no okay so that is the best that is the best question okay. you haven't asked me and i it's funny like i think i think that, th- that easily the thing i would want to do um is it's not really like career related or anything but I would actually love to get back to have more time in my life for sustained reading and writing. Um, that, that I think has actually been one of the big sacrifices of the last, you know, nine years or so is it's the thing I think I maybe like least about blister right now is I feel like I am never allowed to focus on one thing. It is typically like, six things right now. And I don't like that. And, you know, part of this is we're bringing more people on and the rest. And, but that's the thing I think I miss, um, about some of my past life where it was like, yeah, this evening or on a, on a weekend, I've got the day to read and write and, and be kind of in that and sit in that for a while. I, I would love to do that. Um, and then I'd have to figure out some of the career, other career stuff. I think that's a good answer. That's a 10. Yeah. Just because, <laughs> just because you need it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Go on oh, vacation. Um, Luke, can we get a drum roll please for the reveal of uh, Jonathan's final score? So we've done this twice. This is really good. No, leather, little... leather doesn't work. Well <laughs> no, 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 no. It sounds really good. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Luke got an 84% and 169 and a half points. That's not true. You didn't get an 84. I just calculated it. With it's it's a little bit fudged. I'm not You yeah, you're <laughs> lying. He got a C plus. I don't remember. Better than average. hundred oh, yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah you were average. better slightly better than average. Sick. You got 147 and a half points, yeah. and that's a 73%. That's one percent below Luke. But mostly it's more than 20 points below below Luke. That your math is a hundred percent wrong. This is Excel spreadsheet. It's not wrong. It's doing the math for it us. It does the math for you. Huh. Yeah. Though we may have skipped a question or two. <laughs> <laughs> what did you skip? I don't know. Yeah, we definitely skipped some, but they weren't very good questions. Yeah, anyways, probably. that's not yeah, important. Not All important. that matters is I'm the winner so far. <laughs> and we'll see if Sam can beat me next week. Like there's almost no time. chance of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably true. All right. Well, that was fun. Yeah. And wow. now we get to get back to work. And we will get back to work. All Let's right. It. Well, uh, it was a pleasure being grilled <laughs> by the likes of you two. Yeah. So till next time. All right, guys. All right. See cool. ya. Well, that's it for this edition of Gear 30. So please now go jump into the comments section of this episode to tell Sam and Luke that I obviously deserved a higher score. And again, you can also check out a video of this conversation on our site or on our YouTube channel. And you can also watch the conversation that I had this week with JSKI's founder, Jason Leventhal. Finally, I want to say thank you to Luke Alley for producing this episode, and thanks to you for listening. And if you are enjoying these Gear 30 episodes or any of our other podcasts, we'd very much appreciate it if you would leave us a nice little rating or review in iTunes and spread the word to your gearhead friends. Thanks, everybody. Please be safe out there, and we will talk to you again next week.